This show contains strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit MyGayAgendaPodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of sexual attraction and use of the F-slur. It also contains discussion about the LGBTQIA plus community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay. But we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jay. My name is CJ, and we are your co-conspirators in trying to figure out whatever it is that cishet people think it is we're doing. Uh, but CJ, what's on the buy schedule for today? It will be no mystery who is on this episode, <laughs> because I'm about to introduce him. It's Casper Oliver! Hey. <laughs> and then we're going to play a game. How are you, Casper? Oh, I, after an intro like that, I'm elated. I am great. <laughs> This is the kind of heat that we're we're bringing oh, to the gay agenda, you know. I'm, like I'm living we, we got to be on it. <laughs> I'm living for it. <laughs> Always on. <laughs> Never stops. Never stops. But no, I'm very excited to be here. Amazing. We're excited, excited to have, to have you. you. Oh, Jinx. <laughs> we. Jay and I always do that. We've we fused into one another long ago, so that's why I started going by Jay. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> they took one of my letters and went yoink. That's mine. Fusion is just a cheap tactic to make weak podcasters stronger. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. That's that's why the McElroys have been going as long as they do. They're all the same person. No one talks mm, about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only I one McElroy brother. <laughs> Splits into... Oh, this is what we're here for. This right here yes. is what we're here for today. <laughs> the experience. Uh, so tell us a little about you, Casper. Well, uh, I am a asexual, non-binary uh, actor, writer, general entertainer, kind of anything that I can get my grubby hands on as far as entertainment, <laughs> I am there. Uh, haunted houses, podcasts, stage productions, indie film, murder mystery parties, uh, just anything <laughs> that I can do. And I am now also a acting teacher for kids online. So yeah. just kind of anything I can do. Um, got my foot in the door with murder mystery parties um, before COVID. And, and now with... Perfect time. Oh, yeah. Well, I've I've been at it for about two years. Um, And then COVID happened with Zoom, which has been a whole game changer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with that came the ability to finally get into making podcasts, which I've wanted to do for years. So, silver lining? I tried to see it. (laughs) Yeah. I tried. Sure. Huh. So that's kind of basically gotta, what I do. Gotta find it. Gotta find it somewhere. Yeah. I also, during, uh, while you were talking about the many different places you have gotten into as a creator, uh, the first thing you listed was haunted houses. And for exactly one shining moment, due to me reading some ghost stories as of late, I forgot that, like, the franchise concept of haunted houses were a thing. Like, the entrance. so I was like, they're just rolling up to some houses with ghosts and be like, hey! <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's actor. perform Beetlejuice. <laughs> you got ghosts? Let me entertain you. <laughs> yes, yes. This is that, that is that's the grand finale of what I want to do with my life. Like oh, once yeah. I've hit that, I peaked. <laughs> CJ, that was a little Liza Minnelli, a little Fred Schneider. I'm very here for it. <laughs> My voice, she was everywhere, doing everything at all times. <laughs> oh my gosh, if Fred, if Liza Minnelli was in the B-52s ex- instead of Fred Schneider. If Fred Schneider was in Cabaret instead of Liza Minnelli. <laughs> <laughs> Liza Minnelli could do the B-52s, but Fred Schneider could not do Cabaret. Disgusting. I'm willing to give them both the credit there. I would love to see either. (laughs) I'm buying tickets for both. Don't get it twisted. (laughs) I'm so sorry for this uh, tangent. (laughs) No, this is delightful. Uh. All right. So, Casper, lead us on your queer journey. Well, uh, it all started when I was born, uh, I'm fairly certain, uh, <laughs> and I was born in a tiny, tiny little south, uh, southern Indiana farm town called Shelbyville, which its only claim to fame is that's where Bucky Barnes was born in the Marvel <laughs> Universe, oh. um, Shelbyville, Indiana. Uh, that's... <clears throat> it <laughs> there's a, a horse racing track in a casino i think i i don't really know uh i was born there with amazing pitch for the town by the way i think there's something I'm sorry, maybe and a casino yes i think they're okay. in one not in a casino yes they, the horses all race in the casino you, you really got to move the tables quick uh, yeah, the fun- there's there's no track. <laughs> no, there's no track. It's literally the Wild West in there. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, uh, very fire and brimstone, Southern Baptist leaning town. Yeah, uh, my dad was actually going to be a uh, a preacher. Uh, he was in training to become a preacher. Now he's covered in tattoo, practices witchcraft, and makes horror movies. That's what we call character development. Oh, um, we love the glow up. <laughs> we love arc. a glow up. Love it. Um, and uh, I, I was introduced to the idea because I was raised and socialized as a woman. Um, and I was introduced to the idea of being attracted to women via Audrey Hepburn and My Fair Lady. Um, because mm. what a way My Fair Lady with Audrey Hepburn and Jeremy Brett looking the way they do, and and I was just little me was like, objectively speaking, they are very pretty. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> the bisexual dream, yeah. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> and then uh, I came out to my mom as bi because that's what I first started using. Um, mm-hmm. By after she and I sat and watched the second Resident Evil film with Mia Jovovich as Alice. I mean, and Mia Jovovich. <laughs> Mia Jovovich. <laughs> and so I told my mom that I was like, I I, I like girls and guys, and she kind of just looked at the TV and looked back at me and went, Yeah, same. Uh, so I found out my mom was queer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh so at, at that point it was watching tv was a totally different experience when my mom realized that i was ogling at everybody because she was like yes i can finally so we that was what we did it was we 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 watched tv for attractive people together um 
And then through YouTube and the convention scene growing up, I learned about like trans and non-binary, all that. And was like, oh, I am, I am not a girl. Okay, cool. That explains a lot. Uh, <laughs> it took a little while for other people to get on board with it, you know? Uh, like I had people assuming that it was just body dysmorphia. Just, I just, I didn't like my weight. Um, it mm. was a lot of people assumed it was internalized misogyny. A lot of people assumed it was so many things. And, um, my mom was actually one of the first people uh, in my family to be like, uh, her thing was my, my mom had never heard of trans until Laverne Cox. Never. But she, uh, yeah. she took to it pretty well. It was, it was kind of that energy of that thing of like, sir, how many genders are there? And he's like, I don't know. I just got here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that was my mom. She was like, okay. Oh, okay. And she was like trying to follow. She was trying to follow along. Um, you know, took for the haircuts and took me to the boys section and it was all that. Um, and, uh, it wasn't until I moved to Florida cause I was in and out of the closet, um, as trans due to various reasons. Um, right. and moved to Florida to live with my now wife and we've been together for over six years now. Um, yeah, we got married last November, you know, when everyone was scared, would we be able to get married? (laughs) So we just went and did it to hedge our bets. Um, and I moved down here and I was living, I was presenting as a non-binary femme presenting lesbian. That's what I presented as. And, uh, then I was like, no, I am not bi, it's like, I'm masculine. I, I want to be more masculine. So I started to physically transition and when I started to present more masculinely and was perceived as more masculine and the fact of me being bi wasn't automatically discredited because they saw me as just like some lesbian or some straight girl looking for attention. I'm like, this is all wrong. I, I was just, you know, so much bull. But when I was like, oh, wow, I, I don't deal with that anymore. Okay, no reminder, everyone. I like everyone. I don't just like women. <laughs> like, And so mm. with me embracing my masculinity came with me also embracing my sexuality. And then after T did what T does mm. when it comes to uh, hormones and sexuality, uh, after a while it leveled out. And then I realized that I'm ace. Uh, <laughs> there was a whole journey <laughs> of realizing because you, you think it's attraction and then you look back and realize, oh no, I was just assuming that that was attraction because like, it, it took me interviewing, I think like four asexual people for me to go, Oh no, that, that, that's it. So it was through doing interviews that I realized that I'm ace. Um, and here I am now having moved from multiple, multiple farm towns in Indiana down to, you know, central Florida, where you go so far south, you're going north again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and it's been a wild one. Uh, I, I've been blessed oddly enough no matter how dysfunctional my family is and i will say that on blast um i am not the only queer cousin 
Um, there was, I think if, I think if you went to a mom's side of the reunion, mom's side of the family reunion, there'd be about five of us. If you went to a dad's side of the family reunion, there were three of us, including my step family. That makes five of us. If it was a whole family get together, there would have been 10 queer people sitting in the same room. Like, and no wonder you were counting on your fingers. Just Yeah. Cause I, I was, cause I also, for privacy's sake, don't want to say names. Not that I'm sure. sure any of them are ever going to hear this, but like, yeah, so it's just like I was never alone, but it, it didn't. It's 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 nicer to when you're being treated like garbage by a high amount of people to not be alone. It still sucks, you know, when you're the home of when you're like the queer people in a homophobic area. But I did have the blessing of not being alone, uh, which did make things easier. But reconnecting with kind of that small town identity while queer is weird, especially here in the U.S., where it's like you associate small town with closed minds. And I'm just saying Shelbyville did apparently recently go Democrat, so that's something. Um, <laughs> All right. That's something. Bucky so that's Barnes my be proud. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of Bucky Barnes. He walked in there and was like, not on my watch. Left. So that's my little queer country kid story. I, I am curious, uh, going back to when you interviewed, like, four different ace people to suss that out. It's okay if you don't have, like, a definite answer to this, but, like, I know a lot of people, we've literally turned people gay with this show <laughs> because they have listened to it and been like, oh, wait a minute, this person feels the same way that I do. I didn't know that that, what for you would be, like, that's a pretty good sign that you're ace. Um, wow. Well, for me, <laughs> fortunately, yet yeah, unfortunately, um, it, me sussing out my being ace came with a lot of unpacked, un, unpacking trauma and kind of working mm. through trauma that I had in relation to sexuality and stuff. Um, but a good thing, the main tell for me was, again, I am madly in love with my wife. You know, we are both on the mm-hmm. ace spectrum. She has known that she is demi-romantic and demisexual since before we got together. Like, so that's been a thing. I It was never an issue of, will my wife accept me? Like, duh. But <laughs> I was, like, madly in love with my wife. I will sing her praises to on every rooftop. I, I would write a, a play for her, specifically. But the thought of sexual intimacy was just, like, a little... Eh, eh. Eh, 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 eh. I know not, no one can see what I'm doing with my hands, but like... You're sort of like a, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I well. whoa and windshield wipers. Yeah, I, I, I was doing that. I realized this is doing no one any good. Um, <laughs> but so that all that put together. But then... I'm playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Sedan has the audacity to look like he does. And I'm just like... Hi. And I'm like, so why am I feeling this way about a fictional character and not about my wife? <laughs> and at first I was like, am I a bad spouse? Am I not in love with my wife anymore? Oh my God. And I had this whole panic. And then I realized, like, no, that's how I am with, like, all actual people. Like, I would sit there and think, like, would I be physically intimate with this person? And the answer is, yeah, sure. I don't know if that would be my first <laughs> choice, though. Uh, almost like <laughs> 95% of the time. Um, and then, but with fictional characters, it was this thing of, 
oh, the, they're very attractive. But then again, I would think, well, if I was in that world or they were real, would I be this interested? And no, because mm-hmm. then it became very real. And it's like actually like the, the body doing that. And that was like an immediate turnoff. And I'm like, okay. So that that sounds kind of ace to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, it just after talking, it, I, it was I literally came out around asexual awareness week because um, I, I I was asexual awareness week snuck up on me, and I was like, I I, I want to interview a Thesperians interview that centers around being asexual, but I don't want to re-upload something I've already uploaded because that feels cheap. So I dug through my backlog of interviews and I found one where I interviewed uh, someone that I met through the murder mystery company, uh, uh, an actress friend of mine, uh, Kaylee Horowitz, um, where we actually talked about being ace in the theater scene, but having to play physical interactions and like Mm. romantic relationships when that's not something that you really get. Uh, And I was like, well, that's perfect. And as I was listening to it, it was literally while I was interviewing Kaylee, it, like the seed planted. And then when I was editing it, it just all clicked. Mm. So I messaged Kaylee and I was like, I want to thank you, actually, for coming on and doing that interview because uh, it's, it's going to be uploaded Friday. But just so you know, uh, this awoken things in me. <laughs> like, <laughs> So I, I think because just like with any other sexuality, it's different for everyone. Um, yeah, absolutely. None of this is prescriptive. Right, yeah, no. <laughs> but in, in my in my my personal experience has been if you just legitimately have a and you don't even have to be sex repulsed to be ace. And there are mm-hmm. there are ace people who enjoy having sex. You know, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you've got the right partner, it can be fun. Um, but like I, I don't I never see someone and go, well, Hello. Uh, <laughs> if you would wish to partake in the the mashing of bits, uh, oh. hit me up. Like I, <laughs> the fact that you phrased it like that. <laughs> I think you saying that just pushed me further onto the a spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it's so funny because like in in the household of the three of us here. Um, two of us are on the ace spectrum. I'm just a little more ace leaning, um, than my wife. Uh, but I have the highest body count, quote unquote, <laughs> because I, I, Ain't that the way sometimes? <laughs> I, I, it's just, oh my God. I, I don't know if either of you have really ever been big at cons, like at conventions and stuff. I've gone um, to a couple. I'm. I used to perform at them. Okay. And now I sometimes go to. Them I think I know where this when is there's not a pandemic. going because I'm definitely I, familiar with the atmosphere. <laughs> I, I was unfortunately one of those people who uh, uh, primarily anime and gaming conventions, not so much horror film conventions, because that's an entirely different right. demographic. Uh, I, <laughs> I would be the kind of person to be drunk in cosplay, and it's like uh, spin the bottle in the hallway with strangers. Okay, and like I, 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 I was, and I, I don't really. Have have any shame in that in the sense of did i make stupid decisions yes did i do things i shouldn't yeah but was i hurting anybody no um right maybe be safe about it is going to be my main thing just Mm. be safe yes 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 yes. Uh, (laughs) if you're gonna do it so but yeah no it's Especially because we live in a society where things like being asexual or aromantic are under those umbrellas. If you don't 
know someone who is or meet someone who's like very knowledgeable on the like the queer community and all the labels and all that you never really get introduced to the perspective of it except for things like i don't know sheldon cooper from the big bang theory or bbc sherlock i have opinions um uh, i have opinions don't get me started (laughs) someday i would like to though because i i i don't want to be alone in these feelings anyway we'll chat we'll chat we'll chat we'll chat (laughs) so it's it, it can be really hard to discover that and come to terms with that and it's so freeing once you do in the sense of i'm not broken there's nothing wrong with me i'm not a bad partner this is just the way things are, and that's okay. Mm. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Casper, what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time, and then you never have to tell them again? Oh, God, there's so much. Um, <clears throat> I, I personally... How do I word this? Because when people come and ask me que- questions about being queer, about being... Um, whether it's trans or being ace or whatever... Um, Mm -hmm. I'm fairly an open book. I don't really mind if people ask me much of any question. Um, but I, I wish that I could just tell cishet people, like, not all queer people are here to answer your questions. Mm -hmm. There is Google. Mm -hmm. There are people who put themselves in the public eye, YouTube channels, blogs, stuff like that, who do in-depth answers to all your questions. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the 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 random cashier that you learned is trans is not there to ask to answer your questions about bottom surgery when they are just trying to get you to pay for your shirt like it, it's mm-hmm. it's it just it, google it i i think that's been a very common piece of advice with everything going on in the world right now and it's true i feel that people shouldn't demand answers from the from the already emotionally exhausted groups who are currently dealing with stuff uh so the lat i just google it just google it please i feel like so much of the issue and like i've noticed this lately like i notice it like in passing but like it's been on my mind lately is that when our identities as, like, queer and transgender people are treated as a debate point, then every single queer and trans person is seen to be on the side, on the pro side, Mm -hmm. and therefore are compelled to defend their stance, when their stance is literally just our existence. So, like, not every person who is queer and trans is also somebody who wants to answer all your fucking questions about why we should exist as we do, how we do, whatever. We are not walking debate points and should not be treated as such. Mm -hmm. But we are, because we're literally treated as a debate subject every single day. Yes. People will be like, oh, well, my gay friend said it was okay for me to say faggot. It's like, okay, well, great. Your friend isn't the monolith. (laughs) Your your friend might not be an educator. Your friend might not know, like, the most recent terms or, like, helpful terms to use because they're not a fucking expert on queer theory just because they're gay. (laughs) Maybe say it when you're with that friend, but not with other folks who aren't that friend. 
I literally one time had to correct somebody on like transphobic rhetoric and they were like, oh, well, I'm queer. And I'm like, congratulations, <laughs> I'm queer too. Don't say that shit. <laughs> like, because you're a cis queer person doesn't mean that you're an expert on trans <laughs> issues. Yeah. I th- There's been this weird thing where um, simultaneously the internet has been pushing us into, like, the queer community is one singular community and we have to agree on everything and we have to um, all think the same things. But also we are going to micro-categorize and tell people that they're not using the right labels for themselves because they're actually this. And it's like, what if Mm -hmm. instead we just thought of it um, the way it started as just a a place you can go? (laughs) (laughs) with different people in it having different conversations it is not it's like Antifa is not an organization the LGBT community is not an organization (laughs) it's like expecting every patron of Cracker Barrel to agree with each other it's just a place (laughs) I will be the first to admit I love Cracker Barrel but I would fist fight a lot of the people who eat a Cracker Barrel (laughs) exactly like (laughs) Oh, <laughs> we uh, you know it's like maybe you listen to our podcast and you heard about the queer council and you're like oh that must be a real thing no I I promise you it's a goof it's a goof we do we were but wouldn't we it were be doing nice a funny bit but wouldn't it you're be doing nice? a silly little bit <laughs> <laughs> though how, why do I imagine that if there was the high council of of, of gays. That I imagine that it would be something very like you know when in vampire stories there's the high council. Mm. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. It would, it would, it would. They would act like the high council of vampires, very classy, very hoity. But they would dress like the capital from the Hunger Games. If it doesn't look yeah. like a Lady Gaga walk show, I'm out. <laughs> high council, <laughs> high camp. Yes. <laughs> that's their that's their slogan. Uh, it's on their bumper stickers that they all have. <laughs> yes. There you go. Just because I watched this this morning, if you don't look like Bernadette Peters in the 1997 Cinderella, then I'm sorry, but you don't represent me. (laughs) (laughs) I need that outfit and no others. (laughs) We have standards, people. Uh, This is wonderful. But, But yes, we are not a monolith. And as soon as someone comes out, they are not suddenly an educator or suddenly an activist. Mm mm just people actually <laughs> yeah and that that is a thing that is so frustrating is that you know you have these celebrities who come out as queer uh to whatever whatever shade of the rainbow they are um and they they are suddenly expected to become these staunch activists they're suddenly assumed to become the 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 four like the the leaders of these of these you know activism groups and these conversations and i think that's really discrediting to i mean the celebrities themselves cuz i i assume that they were just like hey i just want to keep acting or making music i just want everyone to know that this is me and i'm here mm-hmm. and that's okay and probably would just want to keep doing what they were doing now if they want to get more into activism heck yeah but yeah. we shouldn't force them and that's also super discrediting to the activists that we do have already busting yes. their asses <laughs> yeah yeah that aren't mm-hmm. aren't getting the recognition and the notoriety and the help that they need because they aren't big names so mm-hmm. it, it's honestly a lose lose situation IMO. Um, that's my onion. Uh, so, 
I'm sorry, can I end a sentence without making a joke? No. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever taught me. No. I have to. It's okay. I was, <laughs> we understand this is a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a constant entertainer. I can't stop. <laughs> Help me. This is a space where people who use humor as a coping mechanism go to just sort of fuck around. <laughs> and to use humor as a coping mechanism. And never, ever, ever find out. <laughs> this is a, a safe and controlled environment. Too. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, a Twitch streamer, uh, Steph Sanyati, who used to be a YouTuber and she actually quit. Um yeah. For a number of reasons, but one of them she put a big video right. out saying, like, was because she felt as soon as she came out that she was supposed to be an act activist and had to be an activist. And she was saying that that was like, she wasn't able to do the work that needed to be done at the level it needed to be done. And it was also taking such a toll on her mental health because she thought she had to be doing this, but also didn't know how to do it. Um, it's like, didn't think about it until I watched that. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> It, it's part of why it took me forever to come out as, like, transgender or non-binary, because it was, like, I already had sort of a reputation for, like, speaking out against, like, uh, not against queer issues, but, like, speaking out for, like, the queer community as a bisexual person. I knew that the second I was, like, also I'm transgender, that would become a fucking thing. Yeah. So I eventually did go ahead and wait until I was able to handle that, <laughs> because it inevitably happened. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, another thing of people are always talking about when's the right time to come out. And I feel that it's been said before, and it's just a good thing to reiterate, the best time to come out is whenever you're ready. Mm -hmm. And there are so many factors that can go into being ready. You can be surrounded by very supportive people and know that you'll be able to transition. But there is also this, like, emotional load that can come from it because of society. And if you want to put mm -hmm. off... If you like want to come out to just your close loved one so they know and then wait until you're ready for the, you know, coming out big and publicly, that's fine. If you have no idea when you're going to come out, that's fine. Because mm. there is a, a heavy toll that can be put on people by queer and non-queer people alike. Because uh, que the queer community can uh, is can be a big driving force on expecting people to become activists. I've noticed. I'm sorry. I'm going to call the queer community out on this one. Oh, no, no. We're just yep. as bad. Me yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's a certain amount that everyone should care and work towards um, making things better for themselves and others. Right. That is not automatically like full-time activist activist level, though. In a shocking twist, it is a, it's, it's a spectrum and there is some nuance, <laughs> which is the thing I say about everything. <laughs> that's that's gonna be on the queer code of honor like <laughs> it's a spectrum and there's nuance <laughs> yes to everything oh my god jjj design that okay. please <laughs> please 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 code i'm making you on my hands and knees <laughs> queer code of arms that says there's nuance and it's a spectrum i'm writing a note right now <laughs> thank you while you write that note casper what is on your gay agenda my gay agenda is to uh, love my wife. Um, my gay agenda yes. is to create as much queer content as I can because I cannot stop um, making podcasts, especially. Um, mm. Scott Crampton knows that if he sends me a murder mystery character, they will be queer if played by me. I think he's just accepted that. Mm. Um, <laughs> 
my, uh, I, I really need to talk to you, Jay, because I need to hear your stories. Oh, of... I have them. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and disclaimer, for uh, legal and employment reasons, all of my stories are not against the company themselves. It is a bunch of freelancers. It is more about the some of the folks I have worked with by chance. Oh, yes. That are also, I mean, the wild um attendees you get when especially because i perform for the drunk old people of florida so um <laughs> the amount of times my detective has gotten his butt grab is astronomical <laughs> 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 sorry I, su- I wasn't gonna make the joke so i'm glad you did <laughs> i surprised myself with that pun it came out of my mouth and i was equally surprised A gift. um <laughs> anyway um making queer content um and uh, just trying to create what I needed to see and hear as a kid. Um, and giving that to the people, and not just for kids, but I uh, giving this content and these spaces to people to either explore themselves or to just be themselves. And yeah, uh, making queer content and loving my wife for my two big life goals. Um, so they're good less. ones. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think she can hear me. No, I, I was expecting to look out there. <laughs> I said, "Loving my wife." <laughs> I was wondering if she was out there. Uh, she's gotten the household into the Yakuza series. If any of you have heard of the Yakuza games, um, Yakuza and Judgment, which was a game made by the same people, and you know, for a game that's not gay, it's very gay. Uh, it's mm. it's good. It's it's. Uh, I have headcanons and opinions that are just Goro Majima is, is, is gender fluid and I will stand by this. Um, <laughs> that is my soapbox for Yakuza. Anyway, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I, Jay and I both work in theater and I'm, I'm sure Jay can uh, double this for me and I can for him is that we like any character that one of us is like, like I have actively entered like rehearsal rooms and been like, okay, here's my queer analysis Ooh. about my character and why they're not cis and het. Thank you. Like I, I uh, played um, Irina and Three Sisters a couple years back and like first talk with the directors, I was like, I'm putting my grubby gay hands on Irina. She is asexual and aromantic. Thank you. I'm not taking questions. That's how the fuck I played her. That's all That's all I do. One time, me and CJ were both in a production of 12 Angry Jurors, where um, we didn't have to say very much, uh, but we did decide at some point, and there was like, and we're lesbians. We are lesbians. <laughs> no one can stop that. <laughs> there was, there's the end of Act 1, right before the intermission break, that like something like very dramatic and scary happens in the room, and we clutched each other's hands like at intermission we're just like is this happening you know like the protective arm like a parent puts in front of a kid when a car stops too much we did that to each other it was one one of us did it to the other at the same point every show (laughs) i love this as a reflex, it was just like iconic moments in queer history that is, to make every character gay. That is okay. So, I, I have my favorite one when it comes to stage production. I, I have um, what well, I will never not be bitter about the fact that I was actually uh, in college. I was supposed to be in a devised theater play, and I, as the only trans person on the cast, was to play the trans character. Um, hey. 
And the person who was in charge of that skit was on board with having me play Nate. Uh, and the people who were going to play my mom and dad, Booker and Courtney, um, they decided that the director stepped in and was like, no. And this was before I, I was still going by Casper, but was using like she, they pronouns. Um, and they were, and the director was like, no, Casper should play the mom because with Booker being black and Courtney being biracial, me being the white mom and the black dad, it just, it made more sense for the visual, visually for the audience. Okay. Recast. And I'm like holding the script as Nate, the only trans character and me, the only trans actor. And I just handed it over to Courtney and got, I then played Diane, um, but I did get to chew out the transphobic husband, and I got so emotional, I accidentally broke a chair. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, stu- I, I stood up too quickly, and my knees knocked it back, and it kept falling over during every scene that we ran it. And eventually, the director came back. She was like, Casper, you need to stop. You broke the chair. Um, I, I am not... No, you need to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you broke my heart. Yes. <laughs> she was like, you are standing up with way too much enthusiasm. You need to. <laughs> you need to. Um, but... <laughs> Courtney was amazing, and if anyone else on that show was to handle that, uh, she did a great job, and she she even acknowledged that she shouldn't be doing it, but it was literally her first time on stage, so I I just I, I held her hand, and it was it was it was a good experience, but um, and then one time I did an act of the imagination, which is a murder mystery, <laughs> um, for a community theater. I played the victim, which is <laughs> just a trend in my life with murder mysteries. Um, and I played, um, Miss Brenda Simmons. And it's not a spoiler because it says on the playbill that she's the one who dies. Mm, um, right. but I played her and it's this whole thing. And me and this other gal, Megan, who she played a character. My character is seen at the very end of act one. And then her character is seen at the very end of act two, right? Like it, it, we like kind of end cap this, the, this, the, the, the scenes. Um, but we decided sitting in the back, it's like our characters, they totally end up meeting each other and they totally fall in love. So we decided <laughs> that her character and my character become just raging lesbians um, and run off to just commit crimes together. And it was great. And then later, she and I ended up playing um, um, uh, siblings in a show, which was really weird. <laughs> the whiplash on that. Especially because at that point I was like presenting his mask and she was like, oh my gosh, it's been so long. And then we we played siblings and it was like, this is a total turnaround since the last time we performed <laughs> anything together. Uh, ah, the theater. The theater. Um, but yeah, I have always joked the only thing I cannot play is this head. Mm. I cannot play straight. I can play so many other things, but I cannot play cis. I can't. I can't even play. I can't even play het. Let alone cis het. You want me to? Am I pronouncing it right? Heterosexual. See, I I don't know about. I that. am willing to play uh, cis het characters, not because I'm not out at all of my jobs. Oops. Uh, but because I like the idea of stealing roles from straight actors. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We call Fair. it a reverse James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, and then it's, it's, it gets made even better if you just slowly make the characters queer so that they can mm-hmm. never have it again. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, that's why well, anytime anything enters public domain, the gays got to take it. Great Gatsby just went into the, into the public domain. The Great yep. Gatsby is a little, it's like really easy. Come on. Let's do this. Gay Gatsby. The Gay Gatsby. Great Gatsby's been gay. <laughs> Let's make it blatant. Like I want. Oh, what's the one character? Um, the dude that Nick Carraway totally slept with. Um, oh yeah, Mister. Oh, I don't know the name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. He's like never in any of the films, and I vote we rectify that. And I want a. I want a blatantly queer scene. <laughs> Look, it's in the books. When one scene has Nick tenderly wiping, sh- like, leftover shaving foam off of this guy's sleeping face, and then the next scene has them in the guy's bedroom. Only one way to do that. Yeah. yeah. That, that, those are gays. Those are gays. <laughs> yes. Well, I love that gay agenda items that you presented. Want to lead us in a game, Jay? Yes, hello, I'm Jay, your camp counselor. Uh, and I'm I'm excited for today's game. Uh, first off, I do want to say that today's game does include spoilers for The Sixth Sense. Uh, so if you haven't seen that film, <laughs> uh, or Casper, if you have not seen the film, I can also remove it. Uh, no, I, I have. I, I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So listeners, if you uh, don't want The Sixth Sense spoiled for you, I know I haven't seen it, but the internet already got me. So like... Pause it, then go watch the sixth set. <laughs> and then come back and listen to the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got time. It's a podcast. Um, all right. We're not live. So today's game is a this, that, or the other sort of game. Um, I was very inspired by the fact that we do work for the same murder mystery company. Um, you have a theatrical a podcast and theatrical experience. Um, and we are going to make a ghost goof off of your name. I'm sorry. I'm sure you've heard it's- that so much in your life. <laughs> It's okay. I, I'm pale and friendly, so it works. <laughs> so in this game, I am going to give you a name, and you are going to tell me if it is uh, a famous fictional detective, a famous fictional ghost, or a real-life Tony Award-winning actor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I call it Clues, Booze, or Bravoos. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god. And uh, Casper, just so you know, uh, CJ does not uh, witness the creation of these games, so they do not know the answers, so you can use them as a sounding board or a lifeline at any point. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for my worst titled game yet? (laughs) I'm so ready. You're mispronouncing best (laughs) Yeah, that's a really odd... I I don't know where you're from. It's not in post, but... (laughs) All right, clues, booze, or bravos. All right, first name we have here is Jessica Fletcher. Oh, that's fictional detective. Yes, Angela Lansbury's character in Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. Award-winning actor. Yes, unfortunately, he did win the Tony in 2018 for Angels in America, and I don't say that as anything against him. I just am personally very upset about the idea of anyone straight playing prior Walter specifically. But and winning a fucking award for it. Whatever. <laughs> That's the, whatever. the whatever. one character that I'm like, no. Uh, okay. Jacob Marley. Ghost. Yes, from A Christmas Carol. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is going to get a little harder as we go down the line. Oh, uh, Tracy Letts. It's not in my binder. I don't know. 
I feel like I might know. Did Tracy Letts win a Tony? Yes, he did. Tracy Letts okay. won uh, the, a Tony in 2013 for um, our, for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Um, okay. He is, of course, also a Tony Award-winning playwright for August Osage yeah. County. Who dysfunctional family the play? Well, I was thinking of I was thinking of Tracy Letts from Bug, and I was like, <laughs> I I I remembered yes. that he was an actor too, but I was like. Did the bug guy win a Tony? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think Bug won anything specifically. Uh, oh, gosh. Not. What a What a movie adaptation for that one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what a What of that one? <laughs> Dr. Malcolm Crow. Dr. Malcolm Crow. Is that... I want to go ghost. Is it ghost? Yes, that's Bruce Willis's character in The Sixth Sense. Spoilers. Oh, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Dick Tracy. So many Tracys. Um, it's true. <laughs> just to, just to throw you off. <laughs> Dick Tracy is that is that an actor? Dick Tracy is a fictional detective. Ah, uh, star of the titular comic strip and a very strange movie adaptation that has both Al Pacino and Madonna in it. <laughs> All right, so so that kind of Dick. All right, it's, gotcha. yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next name, Bill Irwin. Bill Irwin. Yeah, we are really getting into the territory of names I don't know. Uh, actor? Yes! Bill Irwin, a uh, very famous hey. clown, uh, won the Tony in 2005 for also Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. <laughs> Man, that play. He, he also got a special Tony in 1999 for Full Moon, which I'm going to guess is one of his clown shows. He's a lot of clown shows. Hmm. Um, next name. Bruce Wayne. Oh, fictional detective. Yes. <laughs> I keep forgetting that he's like technically a detective. Batman <laughs> is supposed to be the world's greatest detective, and nobody ever wants to have him do detective work in, in uh, no. modern Batman stories. <laughs> no. They just want him to uh, beat up people. Mm. <laughs> All right. Final stretch of names. Okay. Hercule Poirot. Hard to say. I wish that our listeners could have seen your face. <laughs> as you had... Took some winding up to try and get through that. <laughs> um, and I will honestly... Uh, ghost? Detective. Oh. Yes. Poirot is Agatha Christie's fictional character uh, in many novels. N- novels? Novels. <laughs> No, it's novels. novels. Agatha Christie was always writing novels. Most famously, uh, the murder mystery novel uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Oh. All right. <clears throat> and then, then there were Bun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, wait, no, that's the detective and then there were none? I don't think there's a detective. No, okay, because I was about to say, I was I was saying they're going, I don't think, I thought that was like blackmail. Like, I, I didn't think there was a detective in that one. Everyone in that one becomes a detective in, uh, in a special kind of way. That's true. In, in the survival instinct type of way, you know, if you think about Everyone it. gets deputized. <laughs> and then murdered. <laughs> uh, dark but good book. Anyway. Final three names. <laughs> okay. Fred Krueger. Ghost. <laughs> yes. Freddy Krueger uh, of Nightmare on Elm Street fame. One could debate his ghost nature, but I mean, like, he dead and he haunt people, so... Yeah. It's ghost. I, I, 
I, I had to seriously sit there for a second and go, was there some, like, ludicrous crossover that I missed where he became, like, a detect? What? what? I, I was desperately just trying to make sure I could eliminate the other two options. <laughs> it's like that, uh, it's like that trend that Disney Channel original series had, like, the cartoons back in, like, the late 90s where every character was a detective at some point. Yeah. Like, DuckTales was de- solving crimes, Chip and Dale were solving crimes. Kruger was right there solving crimes. <laughs> right alongside Barbie and Chip and Dale, you know? <laughs> I would love to see uh, Freddy Krueger be a detective. Um, God. Seems a little counterproductive. Yeah. <laughs> I solve my own crimes. I'm really making it happen out here. 100% success rate. It was tricky, but I found out that I did the murder. <laughs> Uh, and every time he solves it he makes like an accountability post like celebrities do online a note to polish hey guys it's it's me Freddy Krueger it's time to take accountability for my actions I'm sorry that you all took my actions this way and I I never meant I've been doing a lot of introspection me Freddy (laughs) Krueger It's a black background on white text. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Screenshot of notes app. <laughs> All right, scene, scene, scene. Let's go. All right, next name Kevin Klein. Actor? Yes, Kevin Klein won uh, three fucking Tonys uh, 2017 no for Present Laughter, 1981 for Pirates of Penzance. Uh, and 1978 for On the 20th Century. Hmm. Hey, good for Kevin Klein. Yeah. All right. And our final name, Sam Wheat. Sam Wheat. Mm-hmm. Detective? It sounds like a detective name. It's a very good detective name, but Sam Wheat is a ghost. In fact, Sam Wheat, one could argue, is the ghost because it's Patrick Swayze's character in Ghost. Oh. <laughs> oh, the titular ghost. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, I I mean, overall, I think you handily won that game, so thank you for playing Woo-hoo. Clues, Booze, or Bravoos. I give you a round of applause. <laughs> I want a mug that says that on it. I want, like, a fake show mug. Like, you know, talk show hosts have at their shows? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Souvenir mug from being on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Casper, so much for joining us on My Gay Agenda. Do you have anything to plug? Where can folks find you? I actually have a lot to plug. Um, Go for it. You can find me on social media pretty much anywhere under Casper, like the friendly ghost, Oliver, like Oliver and Company, V-O. So Casper, Oliver, V-O for voiceover. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, I'm kind of everywhere. I also am the host for a podcast called The Queer Thespierience, which is a play on thespian and experience where I bring on um, folks within the entertainment industry who are also within the queer community to come and talk about their experiences, what they do. Um, we've had people like Peaches Christ, Kevin R. Free, uh, Lucas Hassel. Uh, we, we've had a lot of people and it's a lot of fun. But my favorites are when I interview people like other murder mystery actors or other <laughs> indie podcasters, because getting the big names is exciting. But like, you get nervous going into those interviews. And it's like, no, I don't want the jitters. Um, also, well, if you want somebody with no influence, I'll be emailing you. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Slides you my card. 
<laughs> Experience. None. Huh. <laughs> hey, I do a lot of work for free. <laughs> I take a, I take commissions in exposure. Uh <laughs> I'm actively losing money every day. What say you and I chit chat oh on your list? Oh, this bit's becoming a bummer, y'all. <laughs> well, it stops being a bummer if you laugh at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um, I also am the creator of a audio drama called Jar of Rebuke, which is a midwestern gothic horror comedy mystery, um, and. Almost all of the cast and crew, not everyone, but almost everyone on the cast and crew is queer. Um, Those other ones will get to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, there there, one one of the actors, I will not say names out of, you know, respect, but there's one that I I literally sat there squinting going, is he? Is he? Now, I'm not going to be the jerk to ask, especially because he came to me and was like, hey, if you want someone to voice in your podcast, I'd be more than happy. Mm. But I, I learned he wasn't. And it was it wasn't like a sadness of a aw, like, I don't know, it just would have been cool. But OK, <laughs> you're still cool. Like, he's still he's still super cool. But he's I was like, boo, could have been cooler. Um, <laughs> but but nobody's perfect. <laughs> Um, but Jarver Buke just finished up its first season in January, and we are about to upload. Well, by the time this goes up, uh, we'll have our first little interlude mini-sode, because we're doing little mini-sodes once a month until June, where our second season picks up, and then we're back to two, to two episodes a month. Um, and it's been compared to things like the Magnus Archives, SCPs, Night Vale, um, and so it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun to work on. Um, and a lot of our work is going into that. And some of the people in Jarver Buke and I are going to start doing some D&D Twitch streams where I DM a little mini campaign and it's homebrew. So I made this thing from scratch and we'll be bringing some people on and playing Monday evenings on Twitch. And we would love to have people. Also, they will be uploaded on YouTube after. So if you miss the streams, you can watch them on YouTube. Uh, and that... That's that's all I got right now. Um, basically, I, I just suggest you follow my Twitter because I share all of my projects on my Twitter. So, yeah. Hooray. Yeah. Uh, if you want to submit more names for Clues Blue... Clues Blue... Blue's Clues. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Blue did recently say gay rights. Yes. So. Yeah, yes. true. Famous detective Blue, who is a queer ally, uh, or... If you're you're following my headcanon, queer herself. Yes. If you want to message me and tell me to retire because I cannot talk, I'm on Twitter at underscore glittergoblin underscore. I linked other things from there. Don't you dare tell Jay to give up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you dare. Go follow them for other shit. Don't you dare. You can find My Gay Agenda on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify while you're there. Ratings and stuff sure are super nice. We sure love getting them. You can also check us out on Facebook. You can check us out on Twitter. Uh, Our handle there is at GayAgendaCast. And you can also find us if you want some bonus content. You can check us out on Patreon, uh, much like Rachel, Blues Clues Higgins, uh, Quentin J. Alexander, Jim Nolan, and Tiny Sneal. Um, I just uploaded a video of past guest and nightlife extraordinaire uh, Barry Tyler Moore and I talking about the film The Prom. 
So if you want to hear two people complain about the prom, Patreon's the place to go, baby. Oh, yeah. Until next time, uh, put this on your gay agenda. Change the world. Love yourself. Watch some theater. (laughs) There's lots. I don't know. (laughs) The arts. Or make some theater. Yeah. Make some theater. Either one. Both take an equal amount of effort. So just pick one. (laughs) And then never deviate, never gain new skills, never develop. Just stick with what you know. Acting is just like watching. If you've watched a play and you thought, I could do this, you're right. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) So erase the last minute and a half from your memory, please. That was all garbage. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. What's this? Rowan University is taking back my degree. Oh, <laughs> oh I hope nobody no. thinks that wasn't sarcastic. I don't think so. Uh. It's for the best. My degree has my dead name on it. Go ahead and take it. It's fine. I haven't needed to get a new one anyway. <laughs> I'm not using it for anything. It's a it's a paperweight. Can I trade it in? For real. And that's our gay agenda. That's